0: Welcome to the Rural Health Voice. I am Beth O'Connor, your host. We discuss rural health issues at the grassroots level and how state and federal policies play out in our local communities. For this introductory episode, Summer Sage, president of the Virginia Rural Health Association, talks with me about VRHA, how she got involved, and her hopes for the future of rural health. Welcome, Summer. Hi, Beth. So, Summer Sage, among other things, is the current board president for the Virginia Rural Health
1: Association. What's your actual job title and duty? Sure. I am a new executive director for the Harrisonburg-Rockingham Free Clinic. And how did you first hear about the Virginia Rural Health Association? Well, I was doing rural outreach for developmental disabilities at a VCU's Center for Family Involvement and was looking for the medical component to the educational navigation that they were doing with disability and was trying to see who was out there doing research and having conversations about rural health in Virginia and did a Google search and came across you guys and got interested. I love it when Google finds us. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> fabulous.
0: <laughs> so you heard about the Virginia Royal Health Association, and I think you first attended a conference, boy, it's been a few years back now you came to the
1: first VRHA conference, or your first VRHA conference. Yeah, I think it was... I want to say it was 2013. I remember that um, it was Secretary Hazel was there and was presenting, and I was there with my son's service dog, and we almost tripped the secretary on his way off the stage because the dog was sprawled out in the <laughs> way. Uh, but uh, that's the first one I remember going to and just was was really Um, captured by all of the different pieces that you guys were talking about at the time. And that one of the panel speakers was also a woman whose child was on the autism spectrum and was looking at rural health and doing advocacy in that area. So that was exciting to me as well. You're interested in rural health issues. You found us online. You came to a conference. Why did you decide to join VRAJ? So I have this funny thing where I feel like we create coalitions and conversations from um, a provider point of view or from the people implementing services and supports, but not always bringing the voice of the individual receiving those services and supports. So sometimes we leave out a vital part of the conversation. So if I recall, I think I kind of hit the VRHA board up and said, could I be part of patient advocacy or the patient voice um, on the committee and speak on behalf of families that were accessing the services that these different affiliations were there discussing. And they seemed to think it was a really good idea. And you guys have had me around ever since. So you came to a conference, you joined VRHA, you
0: applied for to be a, a board member, and you were very welcome there. And then you decided, or someone asked you and you agreed to be to be very present why, why did you think it was important to invest the time to be part of VRT leadership
1: so i had had enough time listening to the board and how they worked and their areas of passion and the piece that i felt like was missing that i could bring to the committee was how to get that conversation out and on a bigger platform, so that there was more feedback coming in. Uh, a piece that caught my attention was that the board was really interested in having conversations around we know what the problem is, or we know what our struggles or barriers are. How do we start trying and implementing? potential solutions. And so it was from a collaborative point of view that they wanted to kind of have a conversation around who's doing what that works. And I thought, you know, we really just need to get this conversation out to more areas and more people that are trying these things and get that feedback. And I thought that potentially, as again, that patient advocate who'd be receiving those services and supports, I could come up with some good ideas as to how one, we could have conversations around it and two, different platforms to do it. Right. And partially with your leadership and the other board members, um,
0: with that concept of, you know, talking to each other to find solutions, we've actually, you know, evolved the whole platform of the Virginia Rural Health Association Conference. Uh, one of the things we've done is for our breakout sessions, those are very more, much focused on talking to each other about who's trying what, what works, what doesn't, where do we go from here, really focusing on the solutions. Um, I, I think I remember sitting in a, in a board retreat once um, and one of the board members saying, we know what the problems are. Mm-hmm. Quit talking about the problems.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about solutions right and get and get opportunities or get insights from the boots on the ground so the people that are local to our small rural communities that have found infrastructure and support in innovative ways uh, that's been the piece that i think the board has really pulled out that has been exciting is to have those breakout sessions and conversations around uh what what are the supports that you're finding that are natural and how do we um capitalize on that and and build our infrastructure of how we provide care off of these natural supports.
0: Absolutely. And so when we talk about bringing the conversation out to more people, um, about a year ago, you looked at me <laughs> and said, hey, Beth,
1: we should have a podcast. Yeah. So I'm kind of a, a self-admitted podcast junkie and was realizing that it was replacing a lot of my a lot of the way that I went about receiving information about about different topics. And it was a great use of time in the car. It was short snippets that I was able to glean a lot of information from. And as I was chatting with other people in the industry, they were picking up on different podcasts that they were listening to and uh, was excited for the advocacy piece that podcasts could be and just got to be in my bonnet and said, we gotta, we gotta take this and fly with it and see what happens. And you have done that beautifully and rolled it out. And I'm excited to see what happens.
0: Well, we will see what happens. Uh, one of the things I found very interesting in this process was, you know, I, I looked at your initial idea and what you want to do a what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and sort of hedging my bets, I went, well, let's see. You know, I, I know there'll be some expenses that goes with this. Um, why don't we, being a nonprofit organization, write a grant? And if we get the money, and I was putting all my eggs in one basket with that. If, if we get the money, then we'll talk about launching a podcast. And what happened, Summer? You got the grant, Ben. I got
1: the grant. There was no backing out at that point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got the grant. Um, I am proud to say that the National Rural Health Association has chosen to underwrite uh, the costs of launching this podcast. And so we are very grateful to them for their support, not just in this, but for everything that they do um, for rural health nationwide and in support of our state rural health associations all over the country, uh, their, their staff do a beautiful job making sure that we've got the resources that they need. So I want to give a, a big fat shout out to them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we have a podcast um, and of course, you know, social media, being what it is, we now have Facebook and Twitter, which we didn't have mm-hmm. in the past, looking to grow our outreach with that. Um, you know, other ways I'm thinking, Pierre has grown over the years. Uh, we now have student clubs at, at a few universities. Um, there's always traditionally been a, a, a student club at the, uh, Edward Viatt College of Osteopathic Medicine in Blacksburg, Virginia, uh, but we now have a student club at Virginia Tech as well as a student club at UVA Wise of students who are looking at, hey, I want to go to healthcare, but I specifically want to go into healthcare in rural America in rural Virginia, uh, and I, I think it's fabulous that they are taking charge and and wanting to be leaders in rural health in the very near future.
1: It's exciting, too, to be reaching out on these new social media mediums because it's going to be accessing that demographic, the students, uh, the, the recent graduates that are interested in staying in the loop, receiving their information this way. And one of the big challenges facing rural health is is having providers that are skilled and are staying in those areas. So it's exciting to have a broader platform to have this discussion on so that it's it's almost like a virtual collaboration or a virtual club for those of us that are scattered more in these rural areas to have a place to come to, have the conversations, and um, know that we're not alone in, in what what everyone's trying to to facilitate in their own communities. And I think that students that start with the Virginia Rural Health Association and get involved in things like the podcast and the different Facebook groups and the and the conferences are going to be part of the future of where this conversation goes. Right. And part of how they can get involved
0: right now, um, with our conference coming up in November, there's a couple of great options for students. One, there's a student scholarship essay contest where if they are selected. They get um, free uh, attendance at the conference, free registration, and then there's also a poster competition for students. Um, give them the opportunity to make presentations on the work that they're doing um, as student researchers. And the poster competition has cash prizes to go with that. And I think if that's a, if you're a student, that $500 top prize is something to really think about. Absolutely. So, you know, we've had all this stuff that we're working
1: on right now. What are some of your hopes for VRAJ in the future? Well, I have to go back to our initial conversation around podcasts and social media and the fact that we have a board that is excited and supportive for this growth initiative. And at the same time, very unfamiliar with how to necessarily interact and have meaningful relationships on a social media platform. So part of my hope for the future of where VRHA goes is growing that knowledge base for our, our current um, members, as well as inviting them into the conversation with the students that are coming up with the um, the different collaborators and community health models that are expanding their services in different areas and being able to say, hey, we, we're looking for those solutions. We're looking for those um, innovative concepts. We have a platform that we can have this conversation on. Let's get together and start sharing and let our voices come together and become kind of that louder, constant bell that's ringing in the advocacy for rural health. Um, You know, I was a parent that was trying to seek services for my child in a rural part of Virginia, and this is where this all started. In order for my son to get services and supports on a weekly basis, I was driving 80 miles round trip three times a week, and, you know, it wasn't possible to carry a, a- full-time job and have supports for my family while I was doing that and trying to find services and supports in my area. They either didn't have all of what we needed or there were six to one-year wait lists. And these were conversations that I felt like weren't really happening and falling in arenas where those that can make a difference or could influence how we go about providing for supports in our rural areas could hear them. So I think this is a wonderful opportunity for us to have the conversation and a wonderful opportunity for us to take the conversation to those that can make a difference in a new way. What else do you think people should know about VHA? Well, there were two things that I really enjoyed as I was getting to know about the membership. One is the affiliation with the National Rural Health Association. I have had the privilege of getting to go up and do the National Policy Day uh, in D.C., which has been incredibly insightful and um, have logged quite a few miles behind you as you have taken our group <laughs> through all of the different um, representatives' offices and and, um, and touched base personally one-on-one with um, either the aides or the representatives or senators themselves and been able to share some of our story. And that's been hugely impactful for me, as well as the chance to network with other people in the field. Uh, the other piece has been the the breakout sessions in our conference, I think are gems that people are learning more and more about. And that I would say rural health is not just for a provider. You know, it's not just for... Um, somebody who is working in a healthcare industry, but it is for someone who is interested in better understanding how to be a part of the conversation as to how to have a healthy community. I would love to see educators involved in our conferences and our conversations. I would love to see um, local businesses have a, a voice in what's happening because we know at the base of this is the health of your community. And if the health of your community starts to crumble, it's, it's a domino effect that doesn't just hurt hospitals, but it hurts your workforce. It hurts your education. It hurts your ability to provide and, and grow the economy that, that is, that is your, your kind of mecca there. Um, and so I feel like everybody has a part to play in the conversation. And I would love to see more participants in other arenas. Be a part of it. Absolutely. So, if someone is
0: concerned about health and healthcare in their local community, what do you think people can do to, to raise awareness to make a
1: difference? So, this is always an interesting question to me because I think that there are a couple of things to think about. One is where do we go to get information about providing access to our own health, as well as how to advocate for a family member's health? So I think first it's it's kind of that question of, I don't even know where to start that a lot of individuals have. Um, the other half of it would be once you're wanting to reach out and gain more understanding outside of your Google searches and and late night, um, smartphone, um, you know, WebMD looks is to start reaching out and asking others. That's probably the area that I have learned has been the most powerful me for me as a, as a personal advocate for people in my family and myself is I've gone to Facebook of all places and have reached out and have said, Hey, um, you know, this local autism group who, who are you finding resources with and where are you finding them? Um, it's it's one of those natural supports that are in place in our rural areas that I feel like we need to capitalize on more. Uh, the other half of it is get to know your local representatives, um, not just during general assembly. Reach out to them in advance. Let them know that you are there and what your concerns are and um, what your potential solutions are to the problem if you have them. They love it if you bring a problem and a solution. Um, But begin those conversations now. Be on their radar so that when something happens and you reach out and you say, hey, this is happening and I want you to be aware of it, uh, you're already a voice and a name that they recognize and they'll respond to.
0: Yes. We always tell people, make sure that your elected officials know who you are before you have a problem so that when the problem comes up they're going to respond
1: absolutely and they do you know i just recently personally had an issue and was reaching out and um because i've done some due diligence to be in contact ahead of time i was getting email responses right away and was really grateful for it if you could do
0: anything. If you could wave a magic wand, what would you do to improve health and
1: healthcare in rural Virginia? I think it would be one word and it would be options. In order to have options though, you need multiple resources. So for me, if I could wave a magic wand, it would be that we would have so many skilled providers, specialists in our rural areas that a parent would have the option as to where they go to receive care for their children, their family, that an individual would have options in where they received care. These, you know, we expand our ability to provide care, but we don't always provide the accessibility to that care. We don't expand the access. Um, It's one thing to say, you can go and have, Health insurance. It's another to say, where am I going to receive that healthcare now that I'm able to? Uh, and that's a piece that I'm personally concerned about. in, in my role uh, at the the free clinic in Harrisonburg, is you know, as we're watching our patients go into the community and, and need to have um, Medicaid providers or to have healthcare providers, where's where's the access? Where are they? And 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 how do we? how do we continue to incentivize people to practice in our rural areas and with our rural families?
0: All right. We always like to have choices. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Summer.
1: Thank you so much, Beth. And I'm excited about the podcast. Yay.
0: That's Summer Sage, VRHA President, reminding you that discussions on rural health issues should not be limited to providers. They are for the whole community. If you want to be part of that conversation, join us at the 2018 Virginia Rural Collaborators Conference. Visit vraj.org and click the Events tab for details.